Hello Waterloo Road fans, it's Tom here, your podcast host, just popping by to tell you about our Patreon page. As I'm sure you know by now, Patreon is a subscription service where you can get loads of extra stuff from Luke and myself, including extended versions of all of our interview specials, our continuation of my teenage Waterloo Road fan fiction, reviews of other school-based shows, we are currently running a poll to choose the next show we discuss... Um, loads of stuff on the Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash Pod. And I would like to thank those of you who are already subscribed to the Patreon. So thank you to Kat, to Joel, to Benji Wordsworth, who would like to shout out manholecovers.co.uk slash shop. Thank you to Leah, to Rebecca Grimshaw, to Helen, who you can find on Instagram at red.head.red. Thank you to Emmy, to Becky, to Lou Parsons, to Mel, to Natalie, who you can find on Instagram at Natalie the Book Reader. Thank you to Maddie, to Lottie Smith, to Eve, to Claudia Graham, to Hannah Louise, who would like to shout out NHS Mental Health Services. Thank you to Joe Buckle, to Georgia Leah, who is the Avocado Bath on both Instagram and TikTok. Thank you to Matthew Kumar, to Tom Percival, and finally thank you to Eliza, who you can find on Instagram at WaterlooXRoad underscore. Your continued support is greatly appreciated by the both of us. And if you listening now would like to join that list of shout outs, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Pod, where you can get loads of fun stuff as well as your shout out. So without any further ado, let's get on with this week's podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. I am Tom Beasley, your Waterloo Road superfan, joined as ever by Luke Stevenson as we continue our journey through the return of Waterloo Road. Indeed, we're here. We are recording these in bulk. So yes. if, if we aren't adapting to the uh, to the social circumstances, <laughs> um, I apologise. <laughs> yeah, I thought there'd be a little bit more discourse about the show if i'm honest yeah no there's been nothing when they did sort of an kind of outwardly provocative to the daily mail opening episode yeah yeah and what but it's two years out of date and it's out it's targeted at 17 year olds who well, approved them anyway i also think the fact it's come out when they're all spitting over prince harry means that <laughs> yeah well, there's a little you know a little butterfly isn't it you know Prince Charles is mean to Prince Harry as a kid. Yeah. The Waterloo Road reboot doesn't get enough press. Yeah, yeah that's, that's how it. we get get here. That's it. Yeah, that's what's happened. I think all of the sort of all of their culture war bullets yeah. are in that that gun. And do you know though, for as much as tiring as the uh, very very current and up to date as we know <laughs> uh, Prince Harry discourse is, yeah. the equally current and up to date American discourse <laughs> makes you thankful we live in this country. Actually, where yeah. they're all. I don't think they're turning on ovens to own the Liberals. Yes. Um, as, as ever. It was ever thus. <laughs> um, let's talk about Waterloo Road. That's better, isn't yeah. it, maybe? Do you know what? No head turns. Mid. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. Give me a head turn. We're still doing that bit. Yes. Weekly. <laughs> I mean, I say that as someone who has made, I think, four or five memes for lack of Andrew Trenum and Carrios. Yeah. In the... <laughs> um. So it's that we start with Coral. She's remembering the the role she played in Shuntgate. Shunt. Yes. Is it a shunt? Yes. Say it's a shunt. Yeah. Okay. 
That's what they called it in episode one, anyway. Oh, right. It feels dangerous to start saying shunt so liberally, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know, does it? <laughs> um, There's a song right at the start. There is. Set us up. Yes. They are a podcast listener. <laughs> An adaptive podcast yeah. listener. They're like, oh, we need to throw... After that last episode, we need to throw him a bone. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere Cascada is anticipating a royalty check. Yeah. <laughs> not from the BBC. You know this. how it works. But from us. Oh, but do we pay royalties? Absolutely not. Is that all that Patreon money goes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all... I send it directly to the kooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's lots of, like, little stuff going on at the start. We, like, Neil receiving a letter... Um, some tension between Kim and Lyndon. Mm. It's a good feeling, isn't it? Because I think um, Neil sees the man outside and gets the letter. It's a good feeling when your postie knows you well enough. If you're walking in, they'll go, oh, uh, there you are. Here you go. It's just nice. Feels like home. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay. Sure. So it is closed inquest today. Um, it, Coral, for some reason, there's a bit where she gets the dates wrong of the inquest. I don't really know why she does I, that. Because I said this to you. Because then Kim says, right, I can get this covered. Yeah. I'll call in a favour. Yes. And the world goes, cameo. I didn't. See, you said this to me. I didn't have that at all. I thought Jasmine Koreshi was going to come <laughs> sweeping in. It's done such Scottish tones. Would have been lovely because, as you said, after she left the show, no one can find her. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> And yeah, I think she would feel that she's okay. Yeah, it would. That's why I always, I'm always begging for a walk-on role for the singer Ayaz, because I just want to know he's alive. <laughs> Has he fixed his iPod? <laughs> um, that's uh, the, the kids won't get that reference, will they? No, no, no. No. A lot of people who are our age won't get that reference. <laughs> no. I was, for some reason, I was scrolling from my Instagram archive the other day, and I bought Morrison's Shorties, the biscuit, and I put it on my Instagram story with the caption, got a melody in my head. Yeah. And I went back through that, and I thought, <laughs> I'm really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I picture you doing that often. Yeah, Just yeah. going through your Instagram archive, going, I'm really funny. Yeah. But it is, it is top notch. <laughs> I, I look, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Um, so... Um, there's lots of stuff. There's, so there's also the, uh, Kelly Joe being upset by sort of how long her potential diagnosis for uh, for ADHD might take. Oh, honey. She's never getting that. <laughs> Not with how the it's NHS just, works. This is a long process. <laughs> <laughs> those things like those things are just a very, very long process. Yeah. Like autism diagnoses, ADHD diagnoses is all, it but takes a long time. I actually, because old Waterloo Road, we're just going, oh, it's diagnosed. Yes. And because the teacher diagnosed it, and it's... It's like diagnosed. Josh with schizophrenia, where a doctor said, he may have that, and then a week later... It's, oh, it's, he has that. He has that. <laughs> He's medicated to the eyeballs. Yeah. Whereas this is actually kind of acknowledging the world we live in. Yeah. The broken Tory world <laughs> we live in. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there's also... Um, a lad who I guess is the closest thing we've had to a kid of the week. Ooh. He's not really a kid of the week. The, the lad speaking Pashto down the phone. Yes. He's he's not a kid of the week because he's not the centre of the episode. No, no. But he's he's as close as we've got. He is there to humanise a character who we're about to lose our sympathy for. Yes. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Um good old election storyline. I know the hits. vintage <laughs> yeah. We have a few of those. <laughs> It's good. We like it. We, we have this. We have a uh, someone visiting the school for a one-off thing that has to go well. It doesn't go well. 
we have an end of term show. Oh, the end of term show. Yeah. Lovely, lovely stuff. Um, so Samia is up for school counsellor. Uh, Mr Guthrie is doing, he's complaining about elections. He's doing the bit. He's doing the, the bit. What, what, the, what's his argument I, I, against you know I can't remember what his ground was. No, it's just, it's, yeah. I don't know. Just sod democracy. Yeah. Yeah. To be um, honest, with how it's been going, I'm pretty against democracy. <laughs> it's not working out well. No, no, when we're right and we keep losing. Yeah, it's, it's true, it's true. <laughs> um, so Dean Weaver and his friend Noel are going on about how everyone running for election are saddos. Do people say saddos anymore, young people? I don't know. Maybe old people write it, young people do. Maybe. And Maybe. free watershed. Yes. Yeah, so. Yeah. I've got a question about New, uh, New Grantley. Okay. So when I get devastating personal mail. Yes. How often do you get devastating personal mail? Uh, well, in a circumstance wherever I might get devastating <laughs> yeah. personal mail, um, do you know what I'm not going to do with it? What's that? Carry it into my place <laughs> yeah. of work. Yeah. Where it can be willfully misinterpreted by the children around me yeah. who for some reason should be having a look at it. Yeah. Um, so Tonya bumps into Neil um, and she sees the letter that he's dropped mm. and then he says something horrible to her and he transforms into Jeff from Peep Show. He yeah. does the laugh. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the laugh. Oh, that's it's Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> horrifying. Horrifying. Is what he did to Tonya about no one wanting to vote for her, yeah. basically. How, how that's seen as much worse, I think, than what Freddie said to Kelly Joe. A week ago, a week, two weeks ago, where he was just like, you're going to end up in a hole. And no one punished Freddie for that. He got his comeuppance outside of it, but yes. there wasn't any teacher saying anything. Whereas here we go, no one's going to vote for you, which is a reasonable outcome. I guess she's probably agreed. Because well, no, one, <laughs> <laughs> no one actually heard what that guy said. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is uncontested because he, he admits to saying it. No, yeah, yeah, fair. So I guess, I guess that's it. Because like Amy goes to, to, to that guy, oh, oh you know, you... You said something to her, mm. but it's never yeah. proven. And like you say, he gets his comeuppance elsewhere. Um, there's a nice little bit with Izzy and Amy where Izzy, you know, she wants the inquest done so that because hopefully everyone will stop talking about it after it, which I think is quite it's quite relatable to go that you know, this really traumatic thing has happened to me, and I'm trying to carry on with my life as best I can, but people keep talking about it. Yeah. It's the only thing anyone wants to talk to me about. Yeah, it is also peak fridging as well that Close death only exists for Dante's storyline yes. because Izzy is well and truly over it after about three days. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then uh, it's a nice thing because she's then talking to Amy and she's saying, "I actually, in some ways, I feel guilty doing things I like because of this. Mm -hmm. It's as if I shouldn't be allowed to be like happy while this is all going on," which I think is quite quite nuanced and quite interesting. Yeah, it's it's very real to life as well. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um. So uh, Kim is uh, taking Neil to task on what he said to Tonya. And Neil says, she's no Angela Rayner, is she? Yeah. It, it, are they now going to try and make us think that Neil is an old school? <laughs> well, I feel like Angela Rayner, that's the type of reference we would do. Yeah, yeah. But If they bring up Andrea Ledson, then we know. Podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this. Is, is that... I know, I'm trying, I'm, I'm balancing... Is he picking the highest profile female politician or is he picking the highest profile red-headed female politician because <laughs> he's talking about Tonya? A uh, little of both, I suspect. Yeah, yeah. little of both. 
so Kim then is going on about how, um, you know, these kids have had three years now of disrupted learning. Um, you're a good teacher, Neil, but the job is more than just being a good teacher. Um, he says, well, we're not social workers. And she says, sometimes we need to be. Very thankful I'm no longer on social work Twitter. <laughs> the mission creep, the, de- the discourse, I don't want to be near it. But that is a, it's a very Waterloo Roady ethos, that. Yeah, because it's what allows them to have teachers wade in situations no teacher would wade into. Yeah, it's very Waterloo Road. You know, like these kids have additional challenges and part of our role as their teachers is to help them with yeah, those additional they did challenges. have a social worker on site. <laughs> where She's exclusively... She, they released a cast photo of her. Yeah. That's the most I've seen. She's sort of... Wherever Verity is, that's where she is. <laughs> yeah, the nether zone. Yeah. Um, the thing, because like he leaves and then Kim goes, it just, it astounds me. Mm. Really, Kim? With who you worked with? <laughs> this is just new Grantly. Surely yeah. you know. It does It does seem like, in some ways, this is Kim entirely, like, shorn of her past experience. Oh, this is a lot of people shorn of their past experience. <laughs> Over the next few episodes, I'm going to get increasingly insane about Dante Charles. <laughs> you getting insane and repeating yourself about Dante? Yes. Who would have seen that coming? Someone has to remember. It's such a novelty for you to be angry about Dante. I've never seen it before. Yeah. Tonya then is talking to various people about um, the letter that she saw Mr. Guthrie receiving. And she says to Izzy that the letter was something about his wife and contesting something. And it turns out that they've both been told conflicted stories by parents, etc. about where um, Mrs. Guthrie's ashes are. Why would parents know where she's buried? For the for the plot, it, it, I mean, it, it does seem it does seem mad that like they sit down at parents' evening and he goes, "Let me tell you about my wife's ashes." <laughs> I can tell you where a solitary person, whether I know them or don't know them, ashes are. No. I just couldn't tell you. No, but somehow it just gets passed around the school. Yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe it's like because he's lying, as we later find out. Maybe he's just really trying to. Yeah. Maybe he's overcompensating by trying to add more detail. That's how a lot of people get caught in lies, especially bigger lies, that you try and add more detail, and that's when you say contradictory things to different people. Yeah. But it's just, you should go, oh, I, just, I try not to talk about it. It's too serious. Yeah. It's too it's too raw. Which is basically what he tried to do with the support group. Yeah. He tried to I sort of back out of that. Because I praised the acting. You did. About him, him adding new depth to something we didn't know about. Which was very funny for me, having seen this episode. Yeah, I know, you got a very good straight face. <laughs> um, but, like... I mean, just go. I'm not going to. But yeah, go back, watch it all through, knowing this information, yeah. seeing you know whether it it reads like that. I don't think it would, because that 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 aspect of him as a character wasn't really talked about. There's that one line from Verity in episode mm-hmm. one about you know he's lost his wife and he's in denial, which kind of makes more sense now. Yeah. That line makes more sense. But other than that. It didn't really come up as part of his character until last week when he did the support group. Yeah, but you know, it's be interesting to watch watch the support group episode and go, oh, do we believe this? Mm. So, Coral seems to be angry about Dante and Amy talking to each other. I'm furious about it. <laughs> he had a frisson with Kim Marsh last week. And you know what? Stop having frissons. Do you know where these frissons go? Nowhere. <laughs> I'm frissonless. Um... I don't feel like I ever said the word frisson out loud until you started saying it on this podcast. It's good. People should say it out loud more often. 
I don't have any frisson, so I don't get to say it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine, do you want, well, I, I think the ultimate way of killing a frisson would be just label it a frisson. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not a relationship status option on Facebook, is no. it? I'm frisson. You know, frisson with. <laughs> Knowing us, we feel like, oh, this is a frisson. They're thinking, no, it's not. This, is, yeah, this cannot be less of a frisson. Um, let's just say let's rebrand uh, let's rebrand podcasts as frissons yeah. this is a 50, 50 to 60 minute frisson everything from the thing the Waterloo Road frisson yeah. <laughs> um, so Coral then snaps at Amy for trying to be supportive about the inquest and she sort of hisses at her this job is going to spit you out I mean she seems to be doing very well at the job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, children like you. You yeah. see them on top of things. You're not capable of this. Because, like, it's the the cliche that and we've seen it even on Waterloo Road that the newly qualified teacher gets stick from the kids. Mm. But Amy seems to sort of have transcended that by just being nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone liking her and her being good at her job. <laughs> so Tonya then decides Mr. Guthrie's a murderer. Okay, it's a bit of a leap. Yeah, a lot of what she does is leap. Yes, and then. There's a recurring thing that happens from here, and I can't decide whether it's funny or whether it's bonkers, yeah. but the show films every Tonya scene like a Netflix true crime documentary. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's deliberate. Yeah, when there's a drone shot of Rochdale, yeah. I, I was just like, oh my God. Um, I think I said this to you in a message. I don't know if it's good, but I know that it's very funny. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's enough. That's enough. Um, but she's decided that, so he gives like a, a talk about murderers or whatever at like a historical group mm-hmm. and she thinks that's a red flag and not just something that a history teacher might do yeah I mean I think it's a red flag that he's a bit dull yeah, but it's yeah not that's, a... What it's a, that's what it's a red flag for um so uh, Sammy is doing her very earnest husting speech and uh, Dean's mate Noel pipes up saying he'd do a better job he starts talking about chill down Fridays what that means, I don't Getting know. the music on. Yeah, vote for me what? and I'll get rid of maths, that sort of stuff. Do you know what's ludicrous? It's people vote for him. <laughs> this school... It's, it's actually a very trenchant allegory. <laughs> but no, but this school has shown themselves to be unnaturally politically engaged <laughs> and they still go, no, this fella, this fella with the less less bum fluff than me, which yeah. is humiliating. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but Shola then retorts that Noel doesn't care about issues like Me Too or Black Lives Matter, um, which he doesn't, yeah. to be fair. Um, and then he calls her Greta Toolbox. Why are you laughing? It's not funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, and his sort of big, his sort of big uh, slogan, I guess, is "Vote for Noel. There will be absolute scenes." Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is the platform I'd run on. Yeah. Yeah. And we say it exactly like that. Yes. There will be scenes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so in classic um, Waterloo Road fashion, where the lesson the kids are being taught reflects the story. Yeah. Tonya is learning about Henry VIII having his wives killed. Yes. And then he... And then Neil is brandishing this wooden sword. <laughs> yeah, projects for the disillusion of the monastery. And I was like, did this happen in a different universe? I can't... <laughs> the monastery's still... The disillusion of the monasteries was Henry VIII, when he wanted to marry Anne Boleyn, and the Pope wouldn't let him divorce Catherine of Aragon. Come on, did you never have history with Guthrie? Yeah. <laughs> it's was, it's the one thing we're taught about in school. Is Henry I watched VIII. the first series of the Tudors. Yes, 
Does it does it not happen there? Or is it in it might be early series two? But I didn't realise that was because it's like the monastery is a very specific thing. Yeah. So I didn't realise it was that. Yeah. Well, monastery is Catholic the then. I guess so. Well, because the Anglican Church didn't exist, did it? No. Because he he started it. Mm. Banter. So, so he could have sex with Natalie Dormer, which you know, relatable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed that in history. <laughs> I too would start a religion. <laughs> so, does it seem a massive dereliction of everyone's duties that Narula, the kid who was speaking Pashto earlier, does not have a translator in the class despite the fact he's supposed to need one? Yeah. Everyone just goes on with it like that's fine. Only a kid brings it up. Yeah. But then later on we learn that he speaks... Decent English. Decent English. Yeah. So maybe... The, the LEA knows oh he doesn't actually need one because he can speak English but he's gotten to the school and decided I don't need to speak English here maybe, maybe. but no it, it is a dereliction of duty for everybody yeah and it turns out that he has video footage of the riot mm-hmm. on his phone which later we see his video footage that could not have been shot by a, a student who was anywhere near the it was, yeah. look it's it's there for plot isn't yeah. it and nothing else um, but Mr Guthrie decides that the police should see this video mentions it to Coral who, and also says, oh, your car was on the video. And so Coral, of course, is is terrified at the implications of this footage existing. Yes. In the... Because we are back to the hustings now, don't we? We do. Um, and at some point, someone heckles the words accessibility for disabled students. Yeah. That's not where I choose to heckle. No. <laughs> no. No, normally. No one likes that heckler. Yeah. Um. Shola wants to campaign on the big issues, which I don't think is the way you win a school election. No, no. In one of our elections, people threw Maltesers at us. <laughs> <laughs> in the bag. <laughs> Not just individual. Yeah. <laughs> it was brutal. It was like the Red Wedding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, Coral then takes Narula's phone um, and Preston and... Um, Neil both see her doing this and it's it's just a blatant video of the accident yeah yeah um, sort of um, uh, Phoenix filming the um, oh yeah Stabber yeah. Wayne getting hit by the yeah, car I can't remember any of the characters no, no. names when we go back to recording series 7 again we are screwed I'm lost <laughs> yeah. Stabber Wayne hit by lorry big laughs yes um, yeah, that was it that was it um, that was the one backup folders because it's an iPhone, so she deletes it. She goes, oh. That's in the cloud, mate, that is. No, no, it's just in your delete video section. <laughs> he goes on there and he goes, oh, the evidence is missing. It's, it's here. <laughs> but she sort of tries to sort of explain to Neil, but, you know, it's it's all plot. It's all resolved this episode. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Um, There's another Waterloo Road one <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think when Samia talks to Danny and then Preston. Yeah. Delightful, I love the yeah. Warners. <laughs> but yeah, Preston is still being a bit weird and distant to Samia, who is sort of getting closer to, to Danny and like offering him help with work and stuff. Yes, because we must always be love triangling. Yes. And then there's there's this subplot with Noel and Shola where Noel is like, you're too serious, voters have to like you. Does the requirement that you need to be liked to be elected feel odd in a post-Liz Trust world? Um, and where our current Prime Minister has is 20 points behind the opposition. <laughs> um, I mean, school elections, innit? Mm. School elections are just popularity contests. Yeah, but to some extent, other elections are popularity contests. I mean, I guess. 
And people vote for their local MP because they like their local MP, even though they want what's worse for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Paul Scully's our local MP. <laughs> <laughs> the man they trotted out earnestly to argue against Marcus Rashford. And I was, oh. <laughs> Children should have food. And now to retort that notion, Paul Scully. <laughs> so uh, Narula gets his phone back from Neil. He runs... And then Neil like catches up with him, sits down with him, and they sort of have a chat. And why does Lula run? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. He thinks he's in trouble, maybe, possibly. Right. Okay. Um, And then they talk a bit about him, uh, and he sort of says where he's from, and they have a little a little bonding session. Oh, what you'll say is a nice little bond. Yes, when it comes back in series three. So, what else happens? It's the inquest. It's the inquest. Yeah. Mm. They're taking a break before the verdict. Have you ever done? Have you ever been to a coroner's court? Yes. They don't take long, do they? No. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to an inquest that's lasted more than forty minutes. I think I was at one for like an, uh, an hour and a half because I got an open verdict on the one that I went to. Right. Um, Similar to this one, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So there, there was there was no clear understanding of why how the person had passed yes um so yes yeah, so that went on for quite a while because there's lots of competing evidence so the idea it. of doing a, a break for suspense before the verdict yeah yeah is... but i thought because during the thing they say oh kim no coral's given her statement that says she shunted yeah. the car in front that caused the the accident dante didn't know yeah and then i thought dante was about to tell her yeah that if she and the other driver both say they do it <laughs> They both get off. Well, I did think, because there's a bit where um, they're sort of... He doesn't know when to sit down in court, which is very implausible. Somebody spent as long in court as he has. Well, <laughs> this, this show does not believe that happened. No, this like everything about the way Dante conducts himself in this courtroom shows that they have no memory of the fact Dante was in a courtroom before. And found guilty. And found guilty. Lest we forget... <laughs> So um, back at school, Neil um, finds out from uh, Narula that um, his mum and his dad and his sister are still uh, back home. His brother travelled with him, but Narula doesn't know where he is. They were in a refugee camp in Greece, but then they lost each other. And Neil decides that he wants to help Narula find his brother. Because we need to get sympathy for Neil being a good person before it all comes crashing down. Yes. Which I don't necessarily dislike. Because although it's clunky with a lot of the characters in this series, they're doing the whole kind of, I feel like it's an attempt to be sex education, where every character is one that you like, but they're also flawed. Yeah. Now, but because this is a basically a, a glorified soap opera, all of their flaws are things like, I lied about my wife being dead for yeah. two years, and gaslit a group of men needing you know, emotional support. Yeah. So back at the coroner's court, we get the, um, the verdict... The, the coroner says, we have to consider the possibility that the subarachnoid hemorrhage was due to a pre-existing aneurysm. Caused when Dante killed the child. <laughs> I'm telling you, it all fits. So you think that the, 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 the seed for this was planted? In series one, episode one. In 2006. Yeah. <laughs> there was trauma. <laughs> Chloe was in hospital. Right. And then it, all she needed was one of a bump by a car. Yeah. It could have. They teased us at the end of series four when they left 
It could have happened then. Um, but yes, this show does not remember the past. The uh, coroner says, returns the verdict of an open conclusion and yes. follows up with, I hope this brings closure. It's like, have you listened to the words you just <laughs> said? There is no conclusion to this. I hope this brings you some closure. <laughs> that is what coroners say at the end of inquests, though. Yes, I know, but it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the um, audio, because they have... I hope you're hungry for nothing. Because <laughs> they now, they have a cause of death in that it was the hemorrhage. It's and just it the, was the limo. <laughs> it's just the, the cause of said hemorrhage is what they can't establish. Um, I'm telling you, the night this goes out live, you post an image of that saying, this killed Chloe because <laughs> the hemorrhage was planted. <laughs> Um, so there's a brief altercation between Dante and Coral outside the court with, you know, Dante just saying, you know, he's confused that, that she never told him that she was involved in the shunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's sort of, you know, trying to get more information from her, but she says she can't help it. So, uh, Joe and Neil are now talking to Narula. They're both quite surprised by his level of English skills. Um, and then they're talking about Senko assessments. Yeah. Which are special educational needs coordinator assessments. Fantastic. I'm trying to be more rigorous and look things up. Yeah. This is something I'm trying to do for the new series. When they had the co, because I know what Sen meant, and then you said Senko, and I'm like, what on earth is going on? Yeah. But I guess the Senko is the person who does the assessment. Because uh, they're the coordinator. No. That would be my, my guess. And Narula says, well, if I don't speak, I'm left alone by people. Which is good advice. Mm. Maybe I should, when I meet new people, I should just say I speak Pashto <laughs> and don't speak English. And then, <laughs> what if someone who is in the group with you happens to then speak Pashto? Well, then I've been caught in my ruse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then you have to explain why you were rusing. <laughs> I didn't want to speak to any of you. So. And then you have to. And then they ask, "Why did you choose Pashto?" And you have to say, "I saw it on Waterloo Road." Yeah. And then you're in a far worse social situation than if you just <laughs> talked. Yeah. <laughs> There will be so many follow-up questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they never talk to me again afterwards, though, so... No, that's know. true, that's true. A little bit of investment for a big reward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a little bit of light Manchester football banter. Oh, good. Nothing much to it. No. Um, Neil's clearly scouts, right? I mean, this has always been a Waterloo Road thing, though, isn't it? That all of the characters are just from the North. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's being insane that you'd be a teacher in Rochdale and support Liverpool or no, Everton. No, it's not. That's not insane <laughs> at all. It's not. Um, but it's also not insane that you'd support City. If you, I feel like if you were in Liverpool, you do support Liverpool or Everton, right? Um, I mean, I guess so. I, I don't know. I don't know. No, but no. No. Um, don't like Liverpool fans. <laughs> um, so Joe, Joe has found out that the Red Cross are trying to trace Narula's brother. Um, and then uh, Narula thanks Mr Guthrie and Joe then praises him for having this breakthrough with Narula. Yeah, it's not much of a breakthrough because what they've done is they've gone to a website and gone, yeah, no one knows where he is. Yeah, but I mean, I guess Narula hadn't really spoken to anyone and now mm. they know a bit, they know more about his heritage and they they know that there's this brother around. Yeah, I did like the fact that it was kind of like one talking to from Kim and New Grantley was like, I'm going to Greece. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm finding refugees. Yeah. Yeah, it is a bit like that. Here, there's a delightful moment where there's another sighting of a universal S on a locker. Oh, I didn't, I didn't count this one. They're everywhere. Love it. Like Absolutely. The, like the Wanners. <laughs> like the Wanners. 
Waterloo Road as shot by Roger Deakins. <laughs> um, so, at the elections, Shola wins the year nine election. She's likeable now. Taken Noel's advice. But, she's but, but all she says when she stands up is, I promise to listen to you as well. Yeah. That's all she says. She's not fun. She hasn't changed her ethos. No, no. So, I don't know. But she wins the year nine election, and then Noel beats Samia to win the year 11. Why would they vote for her? Him. Why would they vote for him? Because there'll be absolute scenes, yeah? And it never comes back in any way. No. We never see any absolute scenes. No. But well, there's, there's some absolute scenes right there. <laughs> but this always happens with elections, though, doesn't it? Because, like, do you remember we've just seen the one with where Trudy wins and makes Maddie entertainment officer and nothing no, comes of that, just does don't it? do it if it doesn't mean anything. No. But it's just a, it's a plot to do for a school episode, isn't it? Ugh. So that's why you end up with these things. That's why you end up with so many shows. It just gives them a plot to do. And so Kim says that you have to submit a policy document, which Noel is very not happy about. Yeah, very Boris Johnson of him. Yeah, and Kim says, well, with power comes responsibility. True for Spider-Man, true for you. Fun. Um, I do like the fact that at this point, Danny is seen consoling Samia. Preston looked moody behind. Yes. So right now, on the list of things we have... Danny is struggling with homelessness and child abandonment. Yes. Preston, homelessness and bulimia. Yeah. Um, and they're going to argue over a girl. Yes, they are. That'll be the main source of conflict. Yes. Fantastic for the both of them. Yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. It's the real issues affecting young people. <laughs> um, so Tonya suggests to Dwayne, who I don't think we've ever met Dwayne before. No. He's very key in this episode. <laughs> they keep... They keep it's like starting relationships between characters and then ignoring them and doing it with a different character. Mm-hmm. So like Izzy had a friendship with Verity, which is gone. Yes. And then Izzy was friends with Tonya. That's just now gone. And Izzy's got other stuff on today. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a bit, yeah, morose to say, hi, on the day of your mum's inquest, you can dig up a body. Can we dig up a body? <laughs> yeah. So they're going to Mr. Guthrie's house while he's out at History Club. To dig up his garden and locate the body of his wife. Yes. At which point, it's a, Tony does this a lot. She starts off with a simple idea and she ends up in an insane situation. Yeah. yeah. So like last week she was freeing mice. Yeah. Now she she's banged them up and freed them. Like uh, some because like well, here's the thing, right? You go there, you start digging. What on earth do you do if you find a body? Yeah. <laughs> that would be the thing that would go through my head. It's like I don't want to find a dead body. No. I don't want it. Yeah. If I can go through a day and not see a dead body, I'm quite happy with my day. Quid's in. Yeah. <laughs> we set the bar low. It's a touring yeah. question. Um, so uh, Izzy is at Netball Club, which has been run by Coral, and Coral's ignoring Izzy, and then uh, gets hit on the head, which is, as we know, is dangerous. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. You can't even take a hit on the wrist without a subarachnoid hemorrhage. <laughs> um and then, like, Coral is getting increasingly overwhelmed, yells that she's not a machine, and then runs away. Um, Kim finds her crying in the changing room, um, and then Izzy is listening from outside for plot reasons. Um, as Coral says to Kim, it was me, I freaked out in the car, and I lost control, and I wasn't looking, and the car moved forward. Yeah. What I find interesting about it is, like, is it very much the Anchorman vibe of, did I say that loud? Like, yeah, you pretty much just yelled it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coral has this devastating secret and she's going to yell it a thin door away from children. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's saying, you know, I've been I've been under so much stress, I had to, like, force myself to get in the car that morning and come to school. Um, which is, you know, the, the stresses of the teaching profession are very much a real issue. 
but because they've wrapped it up in this very soapy storyline, yeah, yeah. it doesn't properly work. And also, they've made it so clear that Coral is a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It's like, because you don't meet Coral before, so you don't see yeah. how she's struggling, and then you see her be horrible to someone. And I think everyone would go, I don't want this person teaching people. Yeah. That's a reasonable thing to say. So... Yeah, the sympathy is is, is difficult yeah. to muster. It is, which is sad, really, because I think the actress is is giving it the full one. Yeah, yeah. she's doing a good job with what she has, but the material is so thin that you kind of look at it and go, mm. yeah. and then she gives Izzy a nice soundbite to say to her dad. She says, "I lied to everybody. Chloe Charles is dead because I lost my temper." Dun, dun, dun. I don't remember them saying that at the inquest, but this is how, and this is when Don Dante drags her into a stock cupboard and uh, ties her up. <laughs> Janice is back. Yeah, yeah. Gets the boy with uh, bad boy stripes in his hair. That predated the bad boy jacket, didn't it? The it bad is. boy stripes. What, what I find so bizarre about this is that it's not like she kept anything from the coroner. She gave them the full story. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just that weight of the guilt. I guess suppose so. So uh, they're at Mr. Guthrie's digging up the garden, uh, Tonya and Dwayne. Dwayne's brother shows up with Verity. Yeah, look! Look who I just dug yeah. up. <laughs> Where have you been? Izzy's needed you. <laughs> she had to make friends with this garden digger upper. <laughs> I don't know. It's a mystery with some of the people in this because Kim Marsh had a big episode, hmm. and she just disappeared for two yeah. weeks. I think maybe it's I don't know. Were people catching COVID during this? Oh, that's interesting, maybe possibly. Which might have meant that there was certain elements were just written out. I think what they've done, though, I think it's almost more simple than that, is they've got a big ensemble and they've only done a seven-episode run. Yeah. And so they have to... They just keep abandoning little things, yeah. introducing things and abandoning things. It's yeah. a big frustration, I think, as you get towards the end of the series. Whereas I know, unlike other episodes, other series of Waterloo Road, where they, will, they do wrap it up. Yeah. This one doesn't, so it you know it's building towards another series. But there are lots of storylines there which you just go, well, this was introduced for a second yeah. and never done anything with. Um, so Dante has turned up at Mister Guthrie's to sort of have a chat about the inquest, um, and then he hears all of these children screaming in the garden because they found a bone. Yes. Mister um, Guthrie arrives home, explains that it's a ham hock bone from next door's dog, and I just believe him. Tell me. Under pain of death, yeah. could you identify a ham hock bone from a human bone? No. Okay. Uh, you sort of feel like if it was a, a human bone, it would probably look different to an animal bone. But how many bones have you seen? Keep it light. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, animal bones, a few. Human bones, none. Well, from what you just said out there, you're on the path to the latter from the former... <laughs> Don't recoil at me seeing animal bones. I eat meat and so do you. <laughs> Foul. If I said I eat humans, that's different. Yeah. Don't tell people that. But what would, more, what would you be likelier to tell people you've just met? That you eat humans or you do a Waterloo Road podcast? <laughs> Which is more like... Having to... already lied to them about speaking Pashto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have two embarrassing things I need to say. Which one? So Dante's like, Mr. Guthrie's wife died. Have some respect. Um, and then Mr. Guthrie, in true soap delivery, goes, I didn't kill her because she's not dead. 
Um, she left him. She lives in Leeds with their daughters. Um, she left him for his best mate. Um, someone apparently once just said, oh, sorry to hear about your wife passing away, and he didn't correct them. Yeah. Think... Why did they think she'd passed away? I don't know. That seems a big thing to jump to. Yeah, yeah. No longer around. But yeah. it feels like... It... Because the stakes of getting that wrong... It's like she's either dead or divorced. It's like, like it's, 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 like, it's like congratulating someone on their pregnancy when you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you just didn't. You don't. The stakes yeah. are too high. You don't yeah. do it. <laughs> You're looking well, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't do it. No. The stakes are too high. Um, Dante, unsurprisingly and fairly, is very angry about this. Um, he's saying, you know, I can't move on um, because this open verdict has been delivered and now this... So, back at the school, uh, Joe has put in a call to his cop partner mm. um, uh, uh, to say about the, the coral stuff. But they're talking about how that stuff's inadmissible now. I thought she told all this to the coroner. She did. She told them about the bump, I guess. And well, inadmissible is a weird word to use. There's no case to answer because it was not the cause of her death. No, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If I, you know say jump and hit a, hit a tree branch yeah. and it loosens it a little bit in three months time that tree branch falls and kills someone yeah. I'm not responsible for no. the person's death no in the same way that Coral having red on her windscreen and oh, well, I need to put in a call to my police officer partner to find out if that's admissible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Dante um, listens to because um, Izzy has left a message on his phone while he was at um, Mr Guthrie's so Dante legs it into the school he's shouting the odds and then he smashes up Coral's car with a hammer, recalling, of course, when he smashed up the car after finding out about Brett. Yeah, and so Tro. they know something. <laughs> and sure, that, that's a, it's a reference, right? It's yeah, a callback. It probably is. But do you know what else should be a callback? Of all the people on God's green earth, Dante, more than anyone, is better qualified to understand the guilt Coral is feeling. Yes. There is not a better placed person in in all of human history <laughs> to understand the guilt which comes yeah. from accidentally causing someone's death while yeah. driving. Because Dante, Cole doesn't have a guilty verdict. No. Dante does. He has it on his record. Dante got drunk, stole a limo and drove his best friend into a lorry. Yeah. Coral just shunted a car yes. and a girl with an aneurysm already in her brain <laughs> yeah. died. Yeah. But Dante, it's just, I, I genuinely don't believe that anyone in this show thinks Dante killed a child. No. I don't think they, they don't consider that as canon, because why would you have a storyline where his wife dies in an accidental car collision and you not relate that to it, Dante's it never past? doesn't come up once. And it's just Dante is so pig-headed about it. And like, the, about how wrong it is that it's happened to him. It just doesn't, it's just he's erased it. <laughs> It's so annoying. Only we remember. Only we. I'm so, I'm, this is driving me insane. <laughs> I'm going to become a conspiracy theorist. Um, but Wendy comes in to save everything <laughs> with the best line of the series. Yeah, yeah. Where she turns upon her little scooter and she says, I'll take Coral home. Not in this, obviously. <laughs> yes. It's, it's perfect. It's perfect. She is so good. Yeah. <laughs> 
when because you we do this on the on the original show is there'll be a new character who goes and you go I love this character <laughs> she's great and then nothing happens but Wendy is like because I remember the original um, secretary for Jack Grimmel you were like oh she takes no nonsense I think she had two speaking lines <laughs> in about two scenes and one of them was just to say migraine migraine <laughs> which lived on forever it did, it did. And you know what it's the first thing I think of when I see that word yeah. migraine migraine um so uh, back at first thing I think of when I see rice <laughs> migraine <laughs> oh I see I didn't even migraine I did not even note that you were doing a joke migraine and there was well, me- if I wasn't doing a joke you'd go why is Luke revealing that he gets migraines when he looks at rice I just thought I'd go past it oh no we must linger <laughs> it's actually worse than Alicia Cross <laughs> and that was pretty bad that was the funniest I've ever been <laughs> Which is damning. And I hope all of our new listeners go back to get to that point <laughs> so that more than eight people have heard it. <laughs> the, the Alicia Cross stands. Um, so Neil's doorbell rings. It's Narula. And he shows Neil a photo of his family. Um, it's it's nice. It's nice. Let me get some sad montage music. Mm-hmm. Um, Coral's got home and she's in tears. Izzy's at home. She's in tears. Dante's in tears. Um, Izzy's reassuring Dante says um, <laughs> you were right to be angry nobody knows what it's like um, do you know who does know? yeah Dante knows yeah. what it's like yeah thought I'd leave that one for you oh. um, and he promises that he's not going to let this go but Izzy is telling him to let it go mm. that's the thing Izzy told him to let it go he then smashed up a car <laughs> she then comes into his house goes you know, you're like you're okay to be angry, and he's like, I'm not going to let this go. But no, Dad, that's the opposite of what I asked you to do. I asked you to let it go. Yeah. <sighs> um, Lyndon breaks up with Hannah over the phone in an episode that's quite light on Lyndon. It's weird that this is his big act. <laughs> yeah. Um, back at Neil's, he's showing the ruler details of their local MP, and they're going to get in touch to to see if the MP can help track down the brother. I, I hope to God it's not a Tory. Um, <laughs> Uh, but Neil explains that his wife is now... The letter is about the fact his wife's moving to New Zealand with her new partner and taking the daughters. Which is odd, because most times, as we know, people move from Rochdale to Bristol. Yes, they do. They do. Um, the letter was from a mediator asking for... for Because they basically they need his permission to move because of the joint custody. Mm-hmm. I assume that sort of stacks up. Um, and he sort of says, well, I've, I've thought about it and I've fought it for a while, but it's basically what everyone wants, so I'm going to let it go ahead. I don't know, I just don't feel like this man would. Well, we know about him, I don't feel like he would. He does sort of seem like a beaten down man, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Who might just sort of accept the... Because the, it's sort of, I guess... But he would stand in a classroom and argue about the, the net benefits of a slave trader but to, I guess it's to children sort of, of colour, but he won't... He, he'll back down over this. But I guess, is, is it that another example of like the tide of things just going against him? And yeah. him just sort of having to be sort of withered and accept it that lots of things in his life are going away from him and his opinions are out of touch. Yeah. Which is why I guess he's now, got, theoretically, going to put so much weight into helping track down this this lad's brother. Yeah. Which he spends the next few weeks doing. As yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. He's hard at work. Hard at work. <laughs> Kim and Lyndon are still at the school. Kim is guilty, feeling guilty about not noticing how stressed Coral was. Um, she's blaming herself how nothing's working. She's in tears. And Lyndon says, you're keeping all of this together. 
You don't know how brilliant you are. They kiss. He says, I'm getting a divorce. They kiss some more. It's going down. Yeah. Socks off, socks on. What do we think of these two? <laughs> um, I mean, this feels like a textbook not having time to take the socks off, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels like... And, and it's just something that you only ever see in films. It feels like one of those things where it's, it's a dress hitched up, it's trousers pulled down mm. a bit, and then you're done. Yeah. But then again, there's a reference to this next week. There is. It's brilliant. Which I think suggests that this was much more animalistic than we would, uh, than we would care for. Yeah. I think this might have been full nudity. <laughs> I mean, can you think of a less sexy place than a head teacher's office? I don't know. If you're the head teacher, <laughs> like right now, I wouldn't feel it, to be honest. But like, as we know from next week's little gag, <laughs> they did it on that horrible looking sofa. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> you have to be the teacher. If it's you're not like, like, it's not the like tearing it off the desk and like, it's not yeah. that, is it? Yeah. It's this ill, ill sort of shapen, horrible little yeah. scratchy, scratchy sofa. <laughs> okay, you don't want to do it on a scratchy sofa. Teachers, teachers listening in, <laughs> under the guarantee of anonymity. What's the scratchiest sofa you've ever done it on? No, no. <laughs> but just tell us if you find the idea of having intercourse at your place of work with or without socks. With or without socks, please tell us your preference. But still, just let us know. <laughs> Because I reckon to us, we go, why do you want to do it in a head teacher's office? But I reckon when you're the head teacher, mm, and you're the assistant head, it's all there, the power mm. dynamics, it's all very fruity. <laughs> and I mean, it's Waterloo Road, so there is the sort of inherent sexual magnetism between head and deputy head. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, well, it's, it's a thing you sign up to, isn't it's it? A sort of, yeah, we have to get it, it's probably in the contract. Yeah. <laughs> Kim got lucky with Joe, really, didn't she? Because <laughs> yeah, otherwise she has to have it with both of them. <laughs> Um, that's the end of the episode <laughs> wasn't a great episode no I, d- I did find all of the digging up the garden stuff quite fun it was, but yeah. in some ways it undercut what could have been quite a serious story yeah because it's a, it's a comedy bit that unle- that unveils the the new Grantley stuff yeah which realistically when because you're thinking you know Dante at this point he'll be at the lowest he's been. The friend he's made to bond over this grief, yeah. he loses. Yeah. But he loses it while a child's got a bone on a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's just preposterous. Yeah. Um, and the school election stuff is nonsense. Because it doesn't go anywhere. Because it doesn't go anywhere or mean anything. No. And Kim and Lyndon is just... I don't even have opinions about head and deputy head stuff anymore. Because it's just so... Pff, it always happens. No. What am I expected to think about it? I would say this is... Is this the best looking head of deputy head combo? We've yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And it's not close. <laughs> no, 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 it's <laughs> Yes, by a distance <laughs> is the answer to that question. Um, uh, play out song. We're not going to use the sad one, so we use the nice one from the beginning. Yes, go for it. Yes, I uh, can't remember what it's called. I've got it written down on this bit of paper. Somewhere. No, you're quite lucky. Really, there was one in this one because I'm very much into Paris Hilton stars are blind at the moment. So, um, if we can fit that in the payout song at some point, 